I'm Daniel, and you're listening to Time in the Word on Faith FM. Today I'm here with Shalia, and we're at the Seventh-day Adventist Big Camp in Devonport, Tasmania. How are you going today, Shalia? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. How are you, Daniel? I'm pretty good. Yeah, really excited to be studying God's Word with you. Would you like to uh, open with prayer for us? Yep, I can do that. Dear Jesus, thank you so much that you have given us the blessing of your word and these stories that help us to get to know you and get to know your intentions toward us that are full of love and are full of hope for our future and longing to have a relationship with us. Please send your Holy Spirit to open um, our minds to what you have to say to us in your word. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. That was beautiful. Today we're going to be studying Matthew chapter 15, verse 21 to 28. And I'm just wondering if you'd please be able to read the first couple of verses. Will you do that? Yep, no worries. I'm reading from the New King James Version today. And Matthew 15, starting from verse 21, says, Then Jesus went out from there and departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region and cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. Wow. Around Tyre and Sidon, I know that those areas, there was a lot of problems with the Israelites and the history of the Old Testament and so forth. It says she was a Gentile, and mine has a little thing that points me to the margin here, and I'm just looking down, and it says that she was a Canaanite. She comes to him and says, Have mercy on me, son of David, and she calls him Lord. I wonder what sort of woman this must have been. Whenever I think of the Canaanites, I like reading books that people, you know, they write novels about people from the Bible and they pull out as many facts as they can and then they flesh it out into a story. Maybe I don't have much imagination for myself and I use theirs to make these stories come alive and I really enjoy that. But whenever I think of that, I think, you know, the Canaanites were a really brutish, brutal, bloodthirsty people, you know, unspeakable, atrocious acts sacrificing their children and things like that were everyday occurrences in their culture and yet something about this woman obviously values the life of her daughter and recognizes that this man that she obviously must know something about has power over her daughter's problem. Thanks for bringing that out because that really adds context to it doesn't it? I know that David, and she actually calls him, O Lord, son of David, David was involved in fighting against some of these Canaanites as well. So there's some cultural history there. I just wonder if this woman had to swallow any pride to come to this Jew and to cry out to him for help. What do you think? There's certainly a lot of background there that you would think makes them enemies from a historical point of view. And his culture of love and acceptance is very different to her culture of being exclusive within their culture and the kind of practices they did, what he upholds is against all of her culture. And as we go on and read this passage, we're going to see that Jesus does something that's just a little bit out of character, but I believe actually shows his love pretty amazing. But I'll just point out here a problem, which was that her daughter was possessed by a demon that tormented her severely, mine says. So this is a, it seems to be a very real experience by a supernatural malevolent being that's actually really torturing her and she finds that whatever gods that she worship, whatever healers that she's been to can give her no reprieve and she's thrown herself at the foot of this Jewish rabbi. I'm going to read verse 23 and 24 and I'm reading from the New Living Translation. 
It says, But Jesus gave her no reply, not even a word. Then his disciples urged him to send her away. Tell her to go away, they said. She's bothering us with all of her begging. Then Jesus said to the woman, I was sent only to help God's lost sheep, the people of Israel. Does this seem a little bit out of character for Jesus to you? He ignored her until his disciples came and said, make her go away, she's annoying. So I suppose you wonder why he ignored her. Yeah, and you know, it's actually going to get a little bit worse before it gets better. Would you like to read 25 and 26? Yep. So reading 15, 25, then she came and worshipped him saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, it's not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. What do you think he meant by that? I don't know. (laughs) Just reading it, you hope it's not the way it comes across, but it seems to be. And that is that he's actually calling her and her people dogs and that whatever he has to give, whatever he's offering is only for Jews. But what's interesting is actually the disciples' reaction. And I have a feeling that that's a little bit of a clue as to why Jesus is acting the way that he is. That It's entirely natural for his disciples to say that she needs to leave, get out of here, that she doesn't deserve anything from you. And he seems to be acting in accordance with what his disciples are thinking is right and true and the way to treat this woman that's not of their race. When he responds like this, I can sort of see them nodding along and going, yeah, you're right, you're all a bunch of dogs, you know, you don't get anything that we deserve or that we have to give. But like I said, it's completely out of character for Jesus and completely at odds so far with what we've learned about his teaching. So it's a bit of a confusing one. And for me, I can see this woman having to come lower and lower. She's had to swallow her pride enough to come to this Jew for help. And then she's been ignored. She's been dissed. She even worships him and pleads with him. And he makes this comment to her that must have been deeply hurtful. Can you just read her response there in verse 27? And she said, Yes, Lord, yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Oh, wow. Would you have been able to say that to somebody that just called you a dog? No, no. It's quite impressive that she had even the foresight not to be so shocked by what he said to be able to come back with that disarming comment. Jesus teaches us the way that God works. You know, Jesus is God. He teaches us the way that God works. And it is true sometimes that the way that God tests us is that he forces us to overcome that deep pride. And I don't think that the things that Jesus said here that it would be right for any human being to do. And I'm fully against any sort of racism or any sort of racial slur or any sort of prejudice like that. But for Jesus as God to look into a person's heart and test their faith, you know, it's entirely right because he himself is God. And uh, I just love his final response because this is where she passed the test. And he goes on to give her the greatest compliment, a greater compliment that he gives to anyone else in the scripture, including all of the Jews that he comes across, any of the Pharisees far and away, any of the religious leaders, and even his disciples don't get a compliment like this ever throughout Jesus' ministry. And that is in verse 28. And Jesus says, Dear woman, Jesus said to her, Your faith is so great, your request has been granted. And her daughter was instantly healed. Straight away, you can see there the heart of Jesus, what he was longing to say and do all along. He uses this experience as a little bit of a teaching tool, not just for her, but also for the disciples to see that his plan isn't just for them. When he's speaking to them about their faith, it's always things like, Are you of little faith? And he turns to her and says, Great is your faith. Your request is granted. And we see that Jesus' blessings and his promises, his salvation is for everyone, not just those that are of Abraham's descendants. Anything coming to you or does that say anything about Jesus to you? 
I think Jesus uses different events in our lives to mould us and shape us. And this this event for this lady, as you were saying, it was humbling her, but it would have also been teaching her that she could be a witness within her own people. She could withstand and stand on her own two feet within the criticism of the Jews at that time. You know, they would have thought of her as, as less than nothing, and yet she was accepted by this man of great power. Uh, and her and her daughter from that would have been able to go and be a witness within their people and to carry on the stories of old when when the Israelites would have been coming into Canaan and, and started this animosity between their people, she is one of those people that can show that he has power even today. Mm. Yeah, that's so beautiful. And in actual fact, you know, Moses makes a comment in the book of Deuteronomy and he says, he said to those Israelites that about, he talked about the Canaanites and he said, don't worship their gods because their gods are actually demons. And uh, Paul says something similar. He says, when you go into an idol's temple, those people are worshipping demons, not gods. And it may be that it was part of that Canaanite worship that actually caused the daughter's problem in the first place. And Jesus steps into that situation. And yes, he tests her faith. But when she clings to him and seeks for him, he gives her a complete and total victory over Satan in the life of her and also of her daughter. And it's instantaneous. He doesn't even have to be there. It's just with a word. She's completely delivered. No more torture total freedom from Satan. And I guess that's what he offers to all of us, isn't it? And uh, it just reminds me of Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11 to 13, some of my favorite verses in the scripture. And it says, For I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. They're plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. And then you'll call out to me and come and pray to me and I'll listen to you. You will find me when you seek me, if you seek me with all of your heart. Yeah. Anyway, we've come to the end of our time together now, and it's been so cool to study this uh, passage with you, Shalia. Thanks for spending time with me today. Yeah, thank you, Daniel. Would you like to close with prayer for us? Yep, I can do that. Dear Jesus, thank you so much that you've given us the word and you've given us the example of this courageous woman who stepped so far out of her culture to just fall at your feet and cling to the hope that you gave her and that you extend to us every day. Help us to have the same faith and the same courage that she did and to accept the promises that you've given us. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to Daniel and Shalia and this has been Time in the Word on Faith FM. Faith FM.